0: what's going on everyone and welcome back to the nerdwide podcast this is episode 66 I'm your host Tyler Haynes with my good friend and co-host Mr Chris Rivers Chris how has your Easter
1: weekend been
0: and how has your week been
1: um it's all been pretty good yeah no uh no negatives to really speak of
0: that's exciting
1: um, enjoying a nice low-key weekend.
0: Oh, I'm hopefully it stays that way as far as the week's concerned as well.
1: How's yours been?
0: Uh it's been it's been okay. I'm really tired of the rain here in Nashville. I'm, yeah. I'm just tired of it, especially with the puppy having to dry his feet off every time it comes in. He doesn't want to go out sometimes. Sometimes he wants to just stay out there and I'm like, dude, we got to we got to wrap this up. I'm not trying to stand here in the rain. But you know, it's part of it. Yeah. Um Easter was good. A lot of fun, a lot of the family, and a lot of food. Which you know is never a bad thing, if you ask me. And then yeah. but more importantly, a lot of new a lot of fun news to talk about on top of just normal news and our normal stuff here. Um, but this is the Nerdwide Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting services of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting app you are using. If you don't enjoy what you see or here, make sure you leave us a comment below and let us know what we can do to improve the show. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. There's three different tiers there, three different monetary uh, tiers as well, and a couple little goodies if you do subscribe there. You
1: know what you should do? You should teach Fury how to use the toilet. That way he could just hop up there. Listen,
0: uh, we we got we to deal with the, the toddler first. We got to work on that one. <laughs> so <laughs> hit or miss just depends on the day sometimes.
1: <laughs> uh, Chris, they can help know?
0: each other let's uh, see At uh, this point, it's who can who can outdo who at this point. So yeah. we'll we'll see. start putting bets on. We'll start putting on a <laughs> FanDuel. <laughs> Chris, you been watching anything on TV?
1: Uh, what have I watched on TV? I. I got caught up on Blue Bloods. Mm. I like to watch a lot of the procedurals and stuff like that. Um, still going good. If I watch TV, still going good. Yeah. Um, I also started catching up too on The Rookie mm, I've uh, heard of that one. St- starring Nathan Fillion mm-hmm. so check it out Um, but yeah two good shows
0: I so. finished the so a couple of weeks ago I meant to bring it up on the show but I never because I like to watch a lot of CW shows finished mm-hmm. Vampire Diaries this week I finished um, the originals and then the second spin off from the originals is called Legacies. Watch the first episode of it and maybe half of the second episode. I don't think I'm gonna stick around for it. It's not really yeah. my scene. It's got a almost a X Men feel to it, but a lot of it is too I don't know. It's just not vibing with me right now. So I don't know if I'm gonna pick it back up or not. I wanna start All American, which is another CW football show. I've heard yeah. some good things. I think uh, Tay Diggs is in it, and I want to watch it. There is – I don't know. I've just been on a CW binge with how – it's just easier to kind of mind-numb and work and have it playing in the side. You don't really have to pay attention to it.
1: Yeah, that, there was one other thing that I'll watch now that I think about. It, it was right after we uh, we recorded last week. I guess I'll put it in TV here. Um because it's broken up in four parts and that's a documentary called jfk destiny betrayed mm. it's on amazon uh oliver stone and james Di eugenio put it together mm. and uh it's basically an update on everything that we know since his jfk film came out about the assassination that's pretty cool everything that's... yeah it's it's really interesting um uh, The one thing that they pointed out, there's a section where they're talking about JFK's legacy. And they said no other president has been honored in so many other countries as he has. Really? Because there's there's statues, there's airports, there's schools, there's all sorts of different things named after him and everything else in all these different countries. Because whenever there was an issue instead of hitting the button to go to war, he talked to them and attempted to find a peaceful middle ground. And so those countries have always held him in high regard.
0: That's pretty cool. I wonder if things would be different if he was president or still around. I doubt it, but it's still pretty cool, though.
1: Possibly. I mean, who knows? Yeah, Who knows at this point? (laughs) He was going to pull all of our combat troops out of Vietnam Mm. by the end of 65. So everyone that went over and especially those that didn't come back after that would have still been alive. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Just
0: makes you think, especially conspiracy theory wise. Uh, I think, I think that's it for TV. Oh, we're watching the ultimatum, which is one of those trashy reality Netflix TV shows. It's by the same people that did love Is blind. And I was just telling Jamie, because we were watching while we are eating dinner a minute ago, so I don't think I'm going to watch a season two if they make one. It's very toxic, very, I don't know, it, just, it makes me feel icky. So the whole premise of the show is these I think four or six couples or something like that go on the show, and one person out of the couple is giving the other their significant other an ultimatum, that hmm. by the end of this, you either get married to me or we're done. But the couples all mingle for a week, and then people pick who they want to live with for three weeks. That's not their significant other. Huh. And, like, you're supposed to be, like, you're on a break, and, but it's, it's so weird. Like, we're on the part now. We've got three and a half episodes to are completely done, two and a half until we are on the finale. But the, they have a reunion afterwards. But it's we're at the part now where you do three weeks with your significant other that you originally came here with to see if anything's changed. But those three weeks, a lot of these people were sleeping with each other, making out with each other. Some people were making out with other people at the clubs and things like that. Like That's not who they came with and who they uh, didn't come with on that three-week journey. And I'm just like, this is very toxic. And very, I just feel icky. And I'm just like, ah, I don't really like it. And some of the people are very – should not have been put in the spotlight. But other than yeah. that, that's... Well, I like trashy TV. This is a little... Uh, a little too trashy, I guess. <laughs> uh, but you know what, Chris? is not trashy. Well, I'm not going to say that. Moon Knight, episode three, titled The Friendly Type. Um, overall, we're going to recap here in a minute. But this episode, the first half, I feel. So we're going into full spoilers, mm-hmm. if you didn't know. But... The first half was very rushed, I felt like all the way up until we got to the the sarcophagus and then the fight scene. I feel like everything was just very all over the place, very scattered brain, and very, very rushed, which I think it's how they wanted to perceive it. But I didn't I did not like that at all. But like afterwards felt great up until Harrow talking to Konshu's statue and just very weird things he was saying to it. But that, yeah. other than that, it was a, a decent episode. The whole stars turning thing was really, really, really cool and really well done. And yeah. if you're a part of the MCU world and this started happening, I would just be like, oh, just another Tuesday here in the, yeah. the Earth. <laughs> Who is it this time? <laughs> what would you think of this one?
1: I liked it. Um, I, I get what you mean about it seemed... Um rushed fast paced but also the the story was just this is why they needed 8 to 10 episodes yes i uh, 100% re- taken more time to develop it um but it was very uh very cool episode a lot of good action i do think they moved the story along we got 3 left mhm and i think this is there's there's two things that I came away from the episode with. One, we get a Madripoor reference. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that means we're going to see the power broker.
0: I would love to see her again.
1: Or are we going to, you know, when, when we were in Madripoor during Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, sorry, Sam and Bucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, people were wondering if we would see if they had secretly cast Wolverine, if we would see Patch. Right. Because when he's in his Patch persona, that's when he's in Madripoor. Um, we're further along now, so who knows? Maybe maybe we get a surprise? Right. I don't know. Uh, the other thing, though, and I saw this pointed out in a couple of places, now that Kanshu has sacrificed himself, basically, to allow them to find um, the tomb. Mm -hmm. Will Moon Knight still be Moon Knight? See, that's my question. I don't know anything about it. Khonshu gives him his powers. Right. So, now that he's... he's uh,
0: Stoned, I guess. I don't... Frozen? Statued? I don't
1: know. (laughs) Is that going to take away moon knight's abilities because he he tells steven tell mark to free me mm-hmm. well how do you free him do you just do you break the statue maybe break the statue no. or... or it looks like the like only one formed. that's been statued either right there's all others in there mm-hmm. i wonder if that's going to be like a perfect lead into multiverse and madness what if all the statues and everything get broken and all these gods are released right
0: Maybe right. the, the end know. of Spider Man plays into it somehow, some way. Because, I mean, it's. Is this our. What was the series before this one? Hawkeye? And the only yeah. thing that connected it to Spider Man was the Rogers play. Um, yeah, I man. See, I don't. Because with Loki, we still don't have the ramifications from it, from the ending of Loki. And because yeah, I know it leads into Multiverse of Madness, but, I mean, mm-hmm. that's all we know. Yeah, so I don't it's know it's I'm very curious where they're going with this. But we got a little bit more of his powers. We found out that his suit heals him. He's got mm-hmm. healing capabilities with it, and some brutal fight scenes at the little
1: pit. I mean, it was yeah. it was fun. You, you had the scene where uh, where Stephen takes over the body, mm-hmm. and he's like, "All right, guys, let's all just calm down." It <laughs> <That's... laughs> cracked me up. <laughs> and then he he gets run through with a couple of. Uh, Spears, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, take it, back, take, <laughs> it <back." laughs> take it back. Take it back, take it back, take it back, take it back. And Mark takes it back, and he just pulls those things out. Mm-hmm. And just he, He's obviously out. had the, the powers level. we
0: also figured out, too, that um, Mark has always known about Steven, his personality, because mm-hmm. he said something, because uh, Layla asked him, she says, you know, uh, how long have you known about Steven? And he said, um, I forget what he said. But it, it was alluded to, like his whole life, when they were in the car, they were talking about Stephen, and so I wonder if this person, this DID, this uh, associate of identity disorder, didn't come from him getting killed in Egypt, but it's something he's always had, and because he always said, "But I've always had him under control," and so that's what he says. So I'm curious to see,
1: well, what that's about. Yeah. Not only that, but is there a third one?
0: Right. Because we got to, we alluded to that this episode, but let's get yeah. to our recap because this is gonna be fun. Uh, Decider.com. This was by Sean T. Collins. I'm gonna be skipping through a lot of this because we have talked about some. In Cairo, the hypercompetent Mark Specter starts bracing various goons for information on Harrow's location, frequently blacking out mid-fight and waking up someplace else. When all the goons wind up dead, with a little help from the bad advice of Kanshu, who was oh so sure one of them would talk instead of opting for death, Kanshu creates an artificial eclipse to summon a council of the gods. Really well done. Really cool. And again, if you're in the MCU world, it's just another Tuesday when things aren't supposed to happen right, especially something right. like that. Now, I don't know where the hierarchy of powers comes from because these are Egyptian gods, right? Right. And we've got Norse gods like Odin and stuff like that. As far as I know, nobody can mess with uh, the moon, the stars, uh, you know, orbits and things like that. So I'm curious to see where these hierarchies land up. Because I think these guys are a little bit stronger than the Norse guys. Because, I mean, I don't think Thor could do any of that besides his super strength and absorbing a star and lightning powers. But, anyways. Uh, Yeah, we kind of mentioned it earlier. He's blacking out. And I thought it was going to be a fun episode where we're going to see Mark blacking out and Steven taking over and not seeing Steven's point of view like we did the first episode where we saw... Stephen but we didn't see Mark's point of view so I thought that those was mm-hmm. like but at one point uh, he looks at the knife that has been bloodied and he says Stephen what did you do and he said I didn't do this so what, what's what's going on there who who's really killing people is it Kaiser it is it somebody else is there another personality we have not met yet that obviously Mark and Stephen don't know about either I, right. that's I don't know it's gonna be fun
1: but well and I don't know what. I don't know what the medical term would be uh, if Mark is is considered like the alpha of the personalities because right, he knew about Stephen, but Stephen didn't know about him. Right. So and so Mark, if he doesn't know about this other personality, what does that say? Right. And um, the fact that because in the first two episodes, anytime people got killed and we saw it come back to Stephen, yeah, Mark did it. Yeah. He's like, he I was, did yeah, what I had to And this time, neither of them. Mm.
0: Makes you think. Maybe we'll get some amper- answers in three episodes and be confused on what happened. Uh, so, he ca- summon the council of the gods. This this happens inside the Great Period of Giza, where fellow Avatars Yatzel, avatar of the love goddess Hathor, and council leader Salim, avatar of the god of the dead Osiris, hold court. Here, Mark speaks almost solely in conscious voice, but he's outmatched when Haro appears, who shows up and proclaims his innocence while also casting, aspers- casting blame on Mark's mental health. I mean, this whole time I was like, I mean, Harrow's making a good point. You know, obviously he's the bad guy, but he's making a good point. The, g- the gods allow Harrow to leave and conclude their meeting, but not before Yatzel tips Mark off the existence of a stolen sarcophagus that contains clues as to the location of Amit's tomb. Now it's a race against time since Haro has used his magic scarab compass to find the tomb already. And this is something we'll, we'll get to here in a minute. I'll, I'm going to put a pin on that part. With the help of Layla, an experienced black marketeer, Mark, travels to the estate of an illicit antiques dealer named Anton Mogart, played by, uh, unfortunately, gone too soon, Gaspard Uliel. Uh, with a little help from Stephen, who re enters their shared body, they begin to piece together the clues to in the sarcophagus wrapping, but this triggers a suspicion of Mogart and his goons. And when Haro shows up, taunting Layla about her murder father, he magically destroys the sarcophagus before Stephen and Mark can finish with it. And this is my question: Why did Harrow show up to destroy the sarcophagus? I guess to throw them off the trail, because he already knows yeah.
1: where the tomb is. Right. So he doesn't. He doesn't want them to know, though. Okay.
0: That's where. That's where my. For some reason, I was like, oh, why is he doing this?" But that makes a lot more sense now. I'm, you know, thinking about it in a clearer head. Uh, so a battle ensues a pretty violent behavior involving spears and crescent moon blades and Moon Knight's indestructible healing armor uh, afterwards though Layla is now doubly suspicious of Mark thanks to a warning from Harrow that he's hiding something Steven resurfaces and uses his knowledge to piece together a star chart from the tatters he took from sarcophagus the conchu literally rewinds the night sky thousands of years so the stars will be in exactly the right place enabling Layla Steven, Mark and Moon Knight to track down the tomb what happened there the fight scene in this episode was so fun and so well done. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like, uh, besides the the multiple personalities of this show and Moon Knight, I feel like the fight scenes and action scenes are very well done for the series. Uh, even with Layla having a, a Moon Knight-looking blade on her necklace, I was like, that's going to come into play later on. And I don't know if it was going to be this yeah. episode or the next one, but she takes the necklace off, breaks it in half, and stabs the dude. I was like, okay. It's this episode. episode. Um, Him getting run through with so many spears and still living was so fun and so cool. The point that you said earlier of when Steven took over and he goes, okay, take it back, take it back, take it back. And I just, uh, I love that kind of comedy and fun, but it's very violent. But it was so cool to see some of the scenes. And um, I I want more of it. And then the, the turning back the stars. Point was really cool, um, and it showed it did show people in Egypt and over the world a little bit as this is spinning. Harrow sees it, and he said, "We're running out of time." And I don't
1: know, I don't know about you, but I would have been laying on the ground dizzy if that. Yeah,
0: I would just been nope. I'm, you know, I would have probably just looked back at my phone or started playing some games again. And like, yeah, it's just Wednesday. <laughs> Thanos is back, or somebody is. I mean, at this point, you have to think that. We've already seen in London the the giant head of uh, Arisham from Eternals already pop up and appear. Wow. And everyone's just, I mean, we have the big uh, body of Arisham's kid in the Pacific Ocean out there just chilling and calcified. So, I mean, this mm. is <laughs> just a, a normal Wednesday for the MCU world. Yeah. yeah. Um, see, unfortunately for Conchu and for Mark and Stephen, this triggers the wrath of the other gods who use their avatars to imprison Konshu's in a statue. Mark and Steven pass out. Harari enters the Temple of the Gods to gloat and sardonically credit his old friend Amikanshu for his coming victory. And we are halfway through this series now. Mm-hmm. Or this season, at least. And I don't know where we go from here. Obviously, we're still hunting for Ahmet, which is obviously the bad guy. Obviously, going to double cross Harrow. Because I'm pretty sure that Harrow is uh, a Numesis avatar. He doesn't even know it somehow some way but you'd think the other gods would have sensed it I don't know it's, it's weird kind of threw my theory through a hole so but what yeah do I know? good episode though yeah, we'll for see. the
1: most so, part so we, we mentioned uh, before we started recording there was a theory out there
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that Harrow is actually one Victor Von Doom mm. and I think it picked up steam because of the the castle Right. Um, But this comes from comicbookresources.com. It points out Harrow only made one appearance in the Moon Knight comics in the 80s as a mad scientist trying to create a zombie army, only to be foiled by Moon Knight. This made it an odd choice for Marvel Studios to focus on such an obscure character, Mm -hmm. much less cast a venerable A-lister like Ethan Hawke in the role. Thus, it's easy to see Harrow being a red herring with hog hiding in plain sight as Doom, using a different identity to mask that he's really the Latvian ruler.
0: Um, and we do think that city was Latvia. Or was Latvia. Yeah.
1: yeah. In the first episode, so...
0: I mean, it's possible. I just don't... I want to see how it ties into the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I mean... I mean, if anyone's going to do it, that was Kevin Feige, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, I wish it was a property that had a closer connection to the Fantastic Four. Right. You know, Moon Knight and the Fantastic Four, I'm not 100% certain if they ever crossed paths. But it's not a more common link.
0: Like Spider-Man would have been a good connection to him. Punisher, even. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's, I think, because Moon Knight and Blade team up some, not a lot, but more than others in the comics, and uh-huh. with the, him being at the end of Eternals and the post credit scene, I think that we are going to get him in the post credit scene or ending scene somehow, some way, and he's building a team with the Black Knight and now Moon Knight somehow, which kind of cool. I'm building a team of the Knights, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. I feel like that's how they're going to introduce Blade somehow.
1: I think maybe we... Well, yeah, we, we could see it that or way. Or if we
0: get Kit Harrington at the end of this episode. Yeah. Or the end of the season. And the Black
1: Knight. Yeah. Somehow. Well, somewhere. you know, that, that's that's funny because... And this is totally not related to Marvel. Uh, so Anne Rice in her books, her mm-hmm. Vampire Chronicles... She has the lore being that the original vampires were from Egypt, mm. and that they drank the bloods of the gods that gave them the immortality that they then passed on. See through this vampire. Lineage. It all ties in, so Chris. Maybe
0: all ties in. <laughs> <laughs> Next week is episode four of Moon Knight. A um, couple of news stories here, some fun things to talk about for. Walker Scoble will play Percy Jackson in an upcoming Disney Plus series. I'm going to Variety.com by Joe Otterson. The Percy Jackson and the Olympian series that Disney Plus has cast Walker Scoble in the lead role Variety has learned. The series adaptation of the Rick Riordan book series is ordered the streamer back in January. The live-action show tells a fantastical tale of the titular 12-year-old m- modern demigod who is played by Scoble who's just coming to terms with his newfound supernatural powers when the sky god Zeus accuses him of stealing his master lightning bolt. Now, Percy must trek across America to find it and restore it to Olympus. Now, I'm really excited about this. The book series we've talked about before, and the, we talked about this back in January when this got announced. I'm huge. I love the books. I still have them all. And a big part of my younger life. And But what I thought was really good and what we really loved about this story, Walker Scopel, we just watched in uh, The Atom Project. He was young Brian uh, Reynolds. and. Right. I'm like I can't be any more excited, and he's been—he's even said it on Twitter or in interviews. He said this is one of my favorite book series of all time. When he was talking to Rick Riordan, he was wearing a shirt from the books, and this is very funny. And he said it's just—I'm really excited to meet you. I can't wait to play this, and I think he's going to do a great job. He looks the a looks the part, looks the age-wise and everything, and mm-hmm. I just—I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun, and even. Uh, Ryan Reynolds you know, congratulated me because says, I guess that makes me a, a demigod now because it's his younger self. So I that was funny. They're back and forth between them. Uh, next, here, another Disney Plus series Justin Bartha to reprise his role in National Treasure for the Disney Plus series. I'm going to The Hollywood Reporter by Rick Porter for this one. Uh, Justin Bartha, who co starred opposite Nicolas Cage in the two National Treasure films, will reprise his role as Riley Poole on the show. He'll guest star in the series, which is currently filming in Louisiana. Details of how Riley comes back into the story are being kept under wraps. That's awesome. So, do we get Nicolas Cage?
1: I'd light for him to appear. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would love it. He has been all over the news lately, too. Yeah. And that's something I feel like, again, Disney being with Marvel, they know what they're doing, or Marvel being with Disney. They could keep him hidden. So... Yeah. And just be a surprise to Justin Bartha being appearing on, uh, you know, piques that interest and brings a question of what if. So, yeah. I think that's exciting. Well, the and
1: the cool thing about it is, right, they, if Marvel wanted to, they could say they had something to film down there. Right. Um, They could say, well, he's down here working on the national treasure thing and, and all that. He's going to pop up in an episode of that. And he could actually be filming a Marvel mm-hmm. project.
0: Put back in so, Ghost Rider. Don't put it past
1: yeah. it. Multiverse of Madness. Anything can
0: happen. Right. Uh, number three. New Ted series order for Peacock. Going to Variety.com by Joe Otterson again. Seth MacFarlane's Ted series adaptation of Peacocks is taking shape. Variety has learned the live action comedy has added three new cast members as well as co showrunners. Firstly, MacFarlane is officially on board to reprise the role of Ted, the foul mouthed, pot smoking teddy bear he played in the two Ted movies. This is in addition to creating the series and serving as executive producer, director, and co showrunner. Georgia Wiggum, uh, Max Burkholder, and frequent McFarlane collaborator Scott Grimes have also been cast in the show. Furthermore, Modern Family executive producers Paul Corrigan and Brad Walsh have joined the series to serve as co showrunners, writers, and executive producers. The show was first ordered at Peacock in June 2021. Awesome. See yeah. the first one? I've seen both of them. I need to rewatch them again before the series comes on, but that's going to be hilarious and still helps me mm. keep my Peacock membership <laughs> because other than the office, not really anything else going on over there. And right. then last but not least, The Witcher Season 3 has added four new cast members. Not typically a big deal, but this one's fun because of who it adds. We're going to ScreenRain.com by Taylor McIntyre. Uh, after an action-packed season 2 four new performers have joined the cast for The Witcher season 3 inspired by the books, I don't really care we already know what the, it's all about Netflix says blah 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 this is one of those stories that they put so much fluff in um, that it's hard to figure out who they did Okay. the world will continue to expand though as the official Netflix has announced exciting new casting for The Witcher season 3 Robbie Amell from Upload um, The Flash uh, Legends of Tomorrow a bunch of things uh, Manger Zhang from Shane Ching and the, and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Hugh Skinner from Fleabag, and Christelle Elwin from Half Bad are the newest additions to the fantasy world, giving us some insight into which characters will make an appearance. Although most details will likely be kept quiet, Netflix is giving fans a small preview by announcing who each actor will portray, from Fierce Fighters to Redanian Royalty and more. Awesome. I want Robbie Amell and more things. I mean, he's excellent upload. But putting him in this thing, and of course Meng'er Zhang, she was phenomenal. She was the sister in Shang-Chi, and Shang chi and she's gonna be a lot of fun too. The other two I'm not very familiar with, but those two obviously relate a lot to the show. and uh, they're gonna you know amount to even more. Now that I, just, I just don't Robbie Bell anything really. He, he's a phenomenal person and see him get more work, especially in the nerdy world is a lot of fun. Uh, releases this week, Monday, April eighteenth, is the last is the premiere of the last season of Better Call Saul on AMC. Tuesday, April nineteenth, Pacific Rim: The Black is on Netflix, and that is it for good old TV shows. A lot of fun. Did
1: I hear the Did I hear the news correctly that Cranston is yes, back?
0: Cranston and Aaron Paul will be in the last season. I don't know for how long. Um, obviously, because it's a prequel to uh, Breaking Bad. Right. But I think it's going to be when we first meet them. It'll probably be like the last episode they'll be in it. But they did announce that, which I'm like, the show is already really popular. I know what they're trying to do marketing-wise and bring in more of the audience. But I'm like, the show's already popular. You don't really have to announce yeah. that. That would have been a lot of fun. And it would have broke the internet. And that last episode, both of them reprised the roles. And nobody knew yeah. about it. But, you know, I don't work in marketing. So, honestly, I don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs>
1: It seems like it'll, uh, it'll uh, help, though. It's I'm sure it'll help the streaming numbers yes. for um, everything before that because people will, that gave up on Better Call Saul yeah. will binge. Come back to it. So I've
0: been told I need have. to watch it because, I mean, I love Breaking Bad, but I just I probably should watch it, but, you know, I got other things yeah. to watch.
1: <laughs> just a few. Right. Just a few. So, have you watched any other movies? I sure
0: no. did, Chris, and it's this bad boy right here, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Watched it for the second time. Watched all the features, gag reels, interviews, um, things like that. All everything it had to offer. I wish it had a commentary. It might. I just don't know it yet. But
1: I don't think it does. Well, um,
0: that's just bogus.
1: What I was going to say. What did you think? Because I've heard other people review it. And they said the special features were mainly kind of fluff. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of, oh, it's it's great to play this character.
0: Yes. Yeah, they and had two really panels. Substantive. Yeah, yeah, some of the stuff, like, I mean, they had behind the scenes um, as far as, like, the choreography for the fights and how they did mm-hmm. it. That was really cool. Um, the gag reel, had... I heard, was good. Which one? The gag reel gag reel always always fun always great i mean they all you could tell that this cast is fun um right. they had one called graduation day which was weird but it was just the main or core cast of spider-man from far mm-hmm. from home no way home and uh homecoming all of them talking about and, like even showed their auditioning tapes for this and it was talking about how how different it's going to be going forward if some of these characters are going to be in the movies going forward And it had, like, kind of that kind of stuff. and But I – it was good. Like, I wish – this is one of those movies along with Endgame. I wish I could delete out of my head and watch it again brand new. And even watching – this is my second time watching it, uh, which I wish I would have watched it more in the theaters. But with a second viewing of this with subtitles on and not having the crowd pop when the exciting things happened, it was – I loved it even more. Like it's just, it's crazy to me how much I really enjoy this movie. Not being the the biggest Spider Man fan, but the biggest fan service that this right. movie does for people, and it's just beautiful. And then you know, I watched it last night, and then while I was doing the dunk up for the show today, is when I watched some of the interviews and stuff. Which that, there was a lot of fluff. There was one where there was a heroes panel and a villains panel, and it was you know what was it like first time meeting each other? A lot of these things we saw in interviews in the past couple of weeks that came out that we've already seen already know about, but it was, they're all together. Um, which is really weird because they did the photo shoot and then the interviews before even filming for the movie. And so it was like, they read the script but they hadn't filmed anything yet. So I'm like, that's kind of a, a weird way to do that. I think you do it the other way around. Um, but I guess those ways to break the ice and get together, but like John Watson was even talking about for the hero stuff. He said, I had to go back and watch these movies because each Spider-Man has a different feel than, you know, Tom Holland does. He says, you know, Tobey Maguire is, is older now. He's more experienced. That's why in the movie, he's more of the brains of the three. And he said you know, Andrew Garfield is, is very acrobatic, very witty, very, uh, very very dark now. And he says, so how do we implement that into this film? And he goes, Tom Holland obviously does his thing. And it was just, it was very cool to see behind the scenes stuff like that, especially for a title that I love so much. And I, I want to go back and watch some of the other stuff because I didn't realize movies anywhere that has the features and stuff like that. I thought it was all on the disc until we were got done watching it. And Jamie said, because I was talking about it. She goes, oh, it's right there. So what you I mean. And it was right on the bottom of the screen. Like it was halfway cut off. I said, Oh my God. I said, I could have watched all these other movies that I've been wanting to watch the special features for and things like that. It's all right there. And I feel like an idiot. So I might watch some more movies
1: this week. <laughs> there you go. I uh, want you, Chris, anything for yeah, you? I'm, I did. Yeah. Um, before I get to it, because mine, mine was, well, oh, we'll go ahead and do it. It was when it was a game three. It okay. was the conclusion of that baseball documentary uh, series. Really good. Yeah. Five stars. Still recommend for it. What it you know, for what it is. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to go back and do a rewatch of the MCU.
0: Ooh. I mean, we're like 27 movies in deep now. Yeah.
1: yeah. And And the thing I haven't decided on yet is do I go in order of release or do I do, go chronologically?
0: Yeah. Well, so that's no, – So I've started – because my oldest daughter's going to go with us to see Doctor Strange. And I told her, I said, you have to watch WandaVision. You have to watch Loki. And I said, you have to watch these two episodes of What If. I said, because all this ties into it. Uh, obviously, WandaVision. And so we've watched the first four episodes of WandaVision. We watched the What If episodes already. But going back through and watching WandaVision, what we know now, is some uh-huh. of the craziest stuff. Because I just. I remember that time, man. Like we were so, we didn't have MCU content for a year. And then that happens and everyone was, you know, theorizing, speculating, and it was just time to be alive, man. And just seeing, seeing what we know now, it's just, it's really cool.
1: So I'm excited to continue on through it. So. Definitely. So our movie we watched this week, um, was Sherlock Holmes. Starring... Jude Law, Rachel McAdams, and some guy that I th- I think a few people have heard of called yeah, uh, Robert much. Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um this came out in 2009, so this came out immediately after Iron Man. Mhm. It's so when he was getting his uh start
0: from rehab back.
1: Yeah. And it's it was interesting watching it knowing that because even at this point he's filming this would have been probably the year Iron Man came out. Right. They would have been Little filming this. Little did he know. He had no <laughs> idea what was about <laughs> to happen. I don't think any of us uh, know. He, he probably took this thinking this was probably going to be the more popular film. Right. Right? Because it's Sherlock Holmes. It's known the world over. and uh, I'm going to go to Wikipedia here just to give the brief, brief synopsis of, of the plot. Um, so, it's 1890, and eccentric de- eccentric detective Holmes and his companion Watson are hired by a secret society to foil a mysticist plot to gain control of Britain, a seemingly supernatural means. Rachel McAdams stars as their former adversary Irene Adler, and Mark Strong portrays villain Lord Henry Blackwood. Um... That's a very brief summary mm-hmm. of the film. This was probably the third time third time I think I've seen this I think this um,
0: third or fourth
1: yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of really good action here mm-hmm. and I think my favorite part of the movie beyond anything else in it is when he stops. And he thinks through exactly what he's going to do. Oh, the fight scene! That's how right. so it Point, opens up, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's he's getting ready to fight somebody, and he's like, throw the throw the the uh, handkerchief for distraction, right. then do this, then he'll do yeah. this, then he'll. And he you battles, see it all. Break his play decaps.
0: Out. and then like they speed yeah. it up like normal time. And I'm like, that's nutty, and yeah. I, I love it. I don't, I don't think that was a part of the trailers. But to have that to open it up, it, like it really sets the tone of who Sherlock is. He, yeah. He's not just some detective. He can also, you know, handle himself in a fight.
1: So. Yeah. Um. It helped, I'm sure, Downey Jr. that he was already in shape from Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um. But it it's it's definitely worth the. It's kind of tough for me to talk about this one because. There's stuff that, even though it's 13 years old now, good lord, <laughs> <laughs> it's 13 years old, but there's stuff that I think people should see. Right. You know, without not so much having it spoiled, but just coming to it naturally if they haven't seen the movie. Well, because like the, um, the
0: plot twists and the deductive skills. It's not really a plot twist, but the deductive skills in it are just so good. And uh, they're yeah. very, very well thought out, which we I mean, have to be for a Sherlock Holmes title. And I mean, it even does the thing where it sets up a se- an episode, uh, movie two. And obviously, yeah. now, what, 13 years later, setting up a TV series. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And who knows without this, you probably don't get a Noah Holmes. Right. Even though they don't have anything in common as far as the two separate productions. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it's not even, I don't know what the timeline was with the TV series with Benedict Cumberbatch, but maybe these films made it popular enough that they were like, hey, let's do this series. Right. So, um,
0: <sighs> Which is a phenomenal scene. I guess the best Sherlock Holmes I've ever seen in my life, period. I mean, this blows this out of the water. And as much as I love Sherlock Holmes, the movie, with R D J, the the TV series with Benedict Cumberbatch is some of the best television I've ever seen in my life. And yeah. I was even reading an article earlier because you know, Facebook, Twitter, and everything is always listening. Um, I got a Twitter article that one of the uh, people that own, I guess, one of the flats in England said, um, you know, they're going to make another series of Sherlock Holmes, which is their seasons. It's like season six. He said, you know. I've, I've been told that, uh, that we'll be making one because I have to use that flat. So when, when that happens, I don't know because there's like four or five years between seasons at this point. Yeah. So I thought that was a very, very huh? interesting thing.
1: I, I will say this. Um, some of the performances in this, I was just looking up. Name, the, the scene at the dinner table with... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Riley plays Mary Morstan, who is... Which,
0: I don't feel like she's in it enough. I no, don't, I she's... Think in the episode, I think in the second movie, she's more in it.
1: But yeah. this one, I was like, eh, she's not in it enough, as much as I wanted to see her in. Watson wants to propose to her. right? And it's the first time she meets Sherlock. Yep. And this is where we get his deductive skills. Because he's only been around her for what three or four minutes it yeah, seems if, like
0: if that long
1: and he can already deduce her entire background
0: right and she but she asked for it though and she gets ticked yeah. off at him and I thought it was one of the funniest scenes to me again sets up some of the movie is you know she splashes the wine in his face he takes the napkin puts it in and starts eating a steak like nothing even happened I was like
1: that doesn't yeah. even dry his face off right and I was like yeah this has happened numerous times <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's just so funny. Uh, Rachel McAdams does a great job in this. Mm-hmm. Um, as their former adversary slash love interest for Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's interesting because, to touch back on Sherlock a bit, the way Robert Downey Jr. plays him, is that he's very. He's socially awkward. Right. He's a sociopath. He's, he's he's almost got. And. This is just what popped for me. I'm watching him. And I'm seeing little bits of Sheldon. From Big Bang Theory. Because yes. <laughs> it, it's almost like. To, does he have Asperger's? Right, Because that's what everybody thinks Sheldon had. In the show. But it's. He he just doesn't quite know how to be um what's the word I'm looking for? Not really Passionate. polite, but he he doesn't know how to be tactful. Yeah. In in a lot of cases. He's just sort of Well this information's here and you're asking for it, so here it is. I'm just gonna tell and you exactly how I see it. Yeah, that comes through at the dinner scene. Mark Strong does really well in this too, as as oh, Lord Blackwood. Terrifying. Um. The bit where he and Sherlock are battling on the scaffolding mm-hmm. is great. I love that. And then, uh, of course, Jude Law and and R D J. So, I gave this on the rewatch. I gave it a three and a half. Okay. Just because. Um, it's it's about two hours and eight minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: And there were a couple of scenes that I felt like you know you could have trimmed these out. And it it would have just it it would have been fine. Um, I felt like some of what they did in this movie was setting up the sequel.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is always hit or miss, because if <laughs> even if we know we're getting a sequel, we want a tight story. Right. And, uh, you want to leave enough like...
0: of a cliffhanger. You want people to come back.
1: Right. But it, it just... It just missed four stars for me. Yeah. If I could have given it on Letterbox, if I could have gone 3.75, I would have bumped yeah. it up there.
0: I I went with a three for this one. I don't remember watching the second one. I remember watching it, but I don't remember. I remember the big train scene with the, mm-hmm. with the Gatlin gun. But I think that's... Honestly that's all I remember from that movie. But this one I've watched, like I said earlier, about three or four times now. And it's just fun. I mean, I, I love Sherlock yeah. Holmes and just the the way RDJ plays him, the like you said, I don't wanna really spoil some of the things that happens it even though it is, you know, thirteen years old now. But like the the big explosion scene. Like mm. I can remember watching it for the first time. I think I did see this one in theaters. But watching it and my heart dropping when that first bomb went off. And I said, oh, my God. And then the way that they played it and then Sherlock's disguises he does throughout the whole movie was just so cool. And, like, I didn't even catch on to some of them until they revealed it. Um, And then the way that the villain, uh, you know, Lord Blackwood, did some of the things that he did and the way that he deduces them and tells everybody how he did them. I was just like, oh, that's – that's way too cool because everything he did was very specific. And it's the same thing with any Sherlock property. I feel like it's how you you have to make it. Like, Sherlock does something, but we think he's doing one thing. But if you go back and play it and again, you know what happened. You see him doing the other thing that they're misleading you from seeing. And I feel like that's what you have to do for a Sherlock show, a property, anything. And mm. this movie did it well. And I. If we didn't have so much coming up to watch, I'd want to watch the second movie. But we've got a lot more movies to come that are more pressing and more fun, if you ask me. So, good movie. Three stars for me. Cool.
1: Next week, speaking of what we have coming up, we are going to review The Batman. Which is now on HBO Max. Oh, I can't wait. And uh, the week after that, we're going to review Death on the Nile. Um. Also, it's on HBO Max, and then the week after that. Yeah, we're three weeks ahead, baby. (laughs) Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we got the next three weeks planned out. I might go ahead and watch Game of Shadows just just to watch it. I
0: think I might do the same thing because it's all on. uh, We watch it Netflix. Yeah, so
1: might as well. May may do that, and then if um, if we both do watch it in a given week or whatever, we'll yeah. still talk. So we'll about
0: talk it. about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, what on two dude, I'm so excited the, for the Batman.
0: When they talk, when they announced that this week, they I got the Steelbook with it as well, but they said it's going straight to HBO Max on Monday the 18th. I think it's exact when I saw that, I screenshot it and sent it to you. And I said, all right, another yeah. movie, because <laughs> I've been wanting to watch it just never got the time to it's not much of a property that i'd have to go see in theaters kind of wish i would have but you know hindsight's yeah. 2020 at this point
1: yeah we don't want to talk about 2020 yeah, we're, that we're was a very bad year anymore. <laughs> um first bit of news comes from ign by logan plant back to the future's christopher lloyd is returning to the big screen this fall in a new movie about, of all things, the costume and prop store Spirit Halloween. (laughs) Uh, Lloyd will star alongside She's All That's Rachel Lee Cook and El Camino's Marla Gibbs. The rest of the cast includes Donovan Colon. I almost said Colon in that (laughs) one. Colon. (laughs) Dylan Frankel, Jaden Smith, and Marisa Reyes. Production is already wrapped, with the movie set to release this October. The movie features a new spirit Halloween store popping up in a deserted strip mall, much like how they seem to crop up in the real world, causing three middle school friends to challenge themselves to spend Halloween night locked in the store. However, the building is haunted by a spirit who possesses the animatronic characters in the store. Now... Not to be confused with the
0: hit movie by Nicolas Cage. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, is this like Five Nights at Freddy's or and right. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on uh, Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland,
0: God, what a movie! I kind of want to watch um,
1: it again. Yeah, <laughs> um, that, maybe that instead of this. I, I mean, I'll, I'll check this out because of Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, it's Spirit
0: Halloween. Um, That's just, it's just a little too on the nose.
1: I think it's gonna be. I think they did this to do a kids' version mm. of those other movies,
0: make it a little bit more PG thirteen, a bit more family friendly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's just you got to. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I first heard about it, I was like, "Really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is this going to be a franchise? He, he's got to do somebody a favor. <laughs> where where like, the next one is." You know, set in a Walmart. Right. Are we doing that? Kmart it's Halloween. Gonna be, it's gonna be the comedy people of Walmart. Right. <laughs> it's just a it's an anthology series. <laughs> uh i you know what? That'll probably be one that we check out in October. Yep.
0: Just to say we did.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up. This is gonna create some discussion. Yes, it is. Indie wire and Samantha. Burgesson is reporting. Warner Brothers, Discovery. Wants Kevin feige style leader to overhaul DC more movies like Joker. Multiple sources confirm the conglomerate's looking to totally revamp DC entertainment projects following the forty-three billion dollar merger. Um let's see, let me get down here to the to the meat and potatoes. Longtime Discovery boss Zaslav allegedly is looking to hire a creative and strategic czar similar to what Marvel has in Kevin Feige, a source told Variety. Prior to the merger closing, Zaslav reportedly vetted candidates with experience in nurturing blockbuster intellectual property in an effort to hire someone who has a robust business background capable of helming different factions at DC for a more harmonious approach. Discovery insiders also told the outlet that while DC has found box office success with Matt Reeves and Batman and Jason Momoa-led solo feature Aquaman, the effort lacks a coherent creative and brand strategy across vehicles. This is what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: Read um, that, uh, that next paragraph, too.
1: It's a quote, and it says, Discovery believes several top-shelf characters such as Superman have been left to languish and need to be revitalized, Variety reported. They also believe projects like Todd Phillips' The Joker are a shining example of how second-build characters from the DC library can and should be exploited. Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is another example.
0: Mm. Someone um, has been listening to the podcast. Is yeah. all I'm gonna say.
1: Zaslav has been listening. Yeah, because Harris. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for, for uh, something. <laughs> For this, why not? Right. Um, Supergirl would have shown up on Superman and Lois by now. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, no, it's it's an interesting strategy. Um, I think it's it's interesting that they mention that they want the business experience. Right. What they mean by that's not technically made clear because you don't have to be on the business side to. Be able to tie a series of films together in a franchise mm-hmm. format and do it well. Um, yeah. So we know Joss Whedon's out.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully out. Well, with all the accusations and everything, he should be. Yeah, out, but
1: yeah. Um, I know the first name that you and I discussed. I think everybody has been discussing. It's James Gunn. Yeah. I want to put a name out there, though, that I think Gunn's perfect for the comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the stuff that you want to have a lighter. And he's shown he can do some darkness. But if they want a more Joker type of feel, what about Sam Raimi? See, that'd be a good one. He's got the experience with the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man films, right? Mm-hmm. He's got now Doctor Strange.
0: Well, we're, we're about to see
1: what he's got with Doctor Strange. But he also has the experience from the Evil Dead franchise Mm -hmm. in the horror universe. So you kind of merge that. And I think that's what Strange is going to be. It's going to be this combination, of course, of horror and superhero. Right. He might be a good one. Now, the thing is, he's in his 60s. So you would probably want him to take it over and then start grooming someone else. But
0: I've got one. I've got i I've got this website. I'm looking at three. I've got i got several here <laughs> but from this website, which I agree with all of these. But this is from the website the dot Way too long. Oh. Yeah. But the first one obviously is James Gunn, which I'm with everybody. You know, he he obviously knows. But yes, I'm with you. The whole comedy aspect of it, and I don't know if he's more so of a behind the scenes pulling all the strings and putting everything together. But someone who is, who's got MCU experience as well, Jonathan Favreau, he's got Star Wars. He's doing killing it yeah. on Boba Fett, Mandalorian, and some of the movies. And yeah. I mean, he's Iron Man one and two and three. He uh, no Shane Black did three, I think he had some part of it. Uh, but the other one, the other some of the other people I really don't vibe with. Zack Snyder's obviously not going to be that person. Uh, too much. It'd be final. interesting but, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, It's Discovery said, you know what, forget Warner Brothers, we want you. So I, that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, Jeff Johns and David Goyer, Um mm-hmm. which Jeff Johns is CEO, no CCO of DC Comics pry, proper. Right. Uh, which I've right. loved him. He's he did Smallville. He had some touches in uh-huh. it. Um, he did my favorite run of Green Lantern in the comics. But yep. uh, Someone. I think would be really good that this website's point out as well, Greg Berlanti. I mean, yeah. obviously, TV shows he's got down. If yeah. he could expand that and have all the resources that he needs for the t- uh, for movies, I think I think he could do it. I mean, obviously, he could do television. At he least could definitely, uh, eight seasons of. But. He
1: could definitely do it because where Feige really, like, obviously at that level, it's about being able to. Delegate, Right. And have the right people in place to delegate to. Berlanti knows how to delegate, but he also knows how to plan the story out. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. Right? That's what makes Feige so great is he can look back and go, all right, we're doing this in four years, but I want to foreshadow that now with this right. project.
0: I want to give them that little taste. Just a taste. very little
1: that little thing that if you're paying attention and you're a hardcore fan of what we're doing four years down the road, you're going to spot that and go, are they going to do something with right. that? That's what Berlanti, I think, would bring to the table. I think a few of those guys would. It's, But I think...
0: It's 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 crazy because Zelensky is realizing what everybody else has, has been thinking and knowing. It's like, you've got all these characters that are not being one used but used properly. Uh, I think Zack Snyder's Henry Cavill Superman. That's fine. It could it be a lot better? Yes. Yeah. But like I mean, we're we're to the point right now where we're getting a little bit of superhero fatigue. At least some people are. You know, people like us know because this is what we live for, what we love. But yeah. a lot of people are are getting superhero fatigue, and they want that darker, grittier story, like the Batman and Justice League, Zack Snyder stuff. But I feel like why why can't why not have both, you know? And put yeah. Superman somewhere down the middle, but be that glowing, uh, beacon of hope that we all know Superman is, and yeah. and other characters. I mean, we just I don't know. I I feel like we need a big reboot. Once they find their person and reboot, go forward.
1: You know, it's it's kind of like we uh, we've talked about before, with the um, the things with like Tyler Hoechlin, mm-hmm. perfect to Superman.
0: Oh, god, wonderful!
1: Uh, Melissa Benoist was a great mm-hmm. Supergirl. Grant Gustin. Great perfect flash. flash it 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 sends it to it sends it back to berlanti where he's he's getting the right people in the right parts it's on tv though yep and i know i've said it and then you usually point out you know well they're doing it on different earths or this mm-hmm. or that which is true your tv universe is your most successful universe Now, not in terms of raw dollars, because you got box office coming in for the movies. But as far as critically, the TV universe is miles ahead of the films. Mm -hmm. Those are the characters, with those actors playing them, that people love. Right. And you're trying to recreate the wheel over here. I feel like what they should do is do something similar to what Marvel's done. You take your B and some of your C-list characters, and you put them on TV, mm-hmm. and then you take all your A-list characters and you use them in your films, and then they can dip into your TV shows and vice versa. Right. Because it's great having Superman on TV, but he should be in a film.
0: Yeah, he should be it's... your your him, Batman, and one the holy trinity or well, the Trinity, mm-hmm. not the Holy Trinity, but those three should be on Easter weekend of all things. Uh, <laughs> those three should be your, your Captain America and Iron Man's. Those three should be your helm of all of this and right, uh, bringing in the most money and starting things out. But I don't, I don't know when any of this will come to fruition though. I mean, we're five to 10 years from them finding their Feige, quote unquote, and Getting the universe started how it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say five years minimum before mm. we see the first property from it. Yeah. Unless they point to the TV shows and go, this, we're keeping this. Right. And I think that should include Doom Patrol and, uh, oh, it's and 100% Titans. bringing the and, Titans. You know, but if they do a complete reboot, all that goes away. Yeah. And now you've got to
0: start. CW th- would not let that happen.
1: <laughs> I'm not, well, not they're all owned now. <laughs> they're all owned now, right? Right. Uh, Discovery. So, the other thing, though, is one thing that's made the MCU work, and I know it seems like everybody loves loves the actor. It seems like such a minor character in the grand scheme of of this whole universe that they built. But Nick Fury, mm-hmm. as played by Sam Jackson, makes that universe go because he connects everything.
0: Yep. He's your connecting factor.
1: Do you have a DC character that it's not going to be one of your big heroes? It's going to be somebody off to the side. Somebody who can put all this oh, together. See,
0: that's... see, I don't... mean, Maybe Martian Manhunter? I mean, because... See, I don't know though. Like, I would uh, first thought I would say the Flash, but he's too. I feel like he's too big of one of your characters to, Uh to connect those dots and pull the strings. Like that's why Nick Fury works so well, is that? I mean, essentially, he's a spy, and that's how he's able to do these things. And he's a big mastermind of it all. But
1: I'm not. How about? Go ahead. How How about this? Because this is the sort of character that I'm thinking of. General Lane.
0: Oh, that one would actually do really well because you could easily connect those.
1: Yeah, because you got he the military in, power. Any of yeah, yeah,
0: that would work. Oh, that would really work really well. Or even, or even Lois Lane. Yeah, her reporting could work
1: out yeah. there too. And she could be the contact. Yeah,
0: they would all trust him. her, and then she'd be the focal point of the group of the first initial Justice League. Obviously, with mm. Superman, and then. Kind of how, you No, know, she didn't really do anything in Batman v Superman, so
1: that's a good point. And then you could have Batman upset with Superman because, well, of course she likes you better. You're married right. to her, right now. Martha. I mean, the whole <laughs> shebang. <laughs> I mean, that's this is
0: good news going forward. I mean, this is exactly what we have been wanting to hear and needing to hear about yeah, DC. Absolutely. And I tell you I what, I,
1: I would even, I would even be up for. Uh, maybe they have like a a little what would you call it like a mortal tribunal right, right. like Lois and general lane and alfred and mm. C- commissioner these, gordon yeah. iris uh and, iris west allen yeah and yeah. and their whole thing is they keep the heroes in check right you know they they keep this thing moving they, so I, I bet common they do monthly goals.
0: like breaks you know, coffee nights. You know, I can't okay. believe
1: Superman and Batman did this,
0: this, and this. Oh, you think that's bad? Think of, this is what Flash did? Blah blah blah. <laughs> oh man,
1: I, I'm happy for him. I just hope that it actually turns out. Yeah,
0: I, I hope it pans out and works wow. out. Because I mean, as far as we know, Kevin Feige is one of a kind, and. Well he's, he's not done. leaving
1: Marvel. So before anybody's yeah. like, oh, well, they can go get Kevin Feige. No. Yeah, no, he's he's done. He's, he's got the perfect setup.
0: Yeah. He He's too far involved. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Disney would just say, okay, we're going to make you part owner. Right. Well, Stay here.
0: You, what do you want your last name to be? Yeah, we could do Kevin Feige slash uh, Walt or Disney. <laughs> Whatever he wants to do.
1: From IGN, the next bit of news comes from Adam Bankhurst. Susan Sarandon to reportedly play the villain of DC's Blue Beetle instead of Sharon Stone. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, it says Sarandon's already closed a deal to play Cord in Blue Beetle, DC Films' first superhero movie that will star a Latino character in Cobra Kai's... I'm gonna mess this up. Zolo Maraduena? That, that sounded good. Okay. Maradueno will play... Now, I've read this before as Jamie Reyes. I think technically it would be Jaime Reyes. It's, uh, gains...
0: Yeah, depends what part of the world you're from.
1: Who yeah. gains his superpowers by finding a suit of alien armor. He's a Mexican-American teen. And will be the third character to take on the Blue Beetle mantle in the film's universe. But it we... does not say why Sharon Stone's mm-hmm. out.
0: I mean, we just... I just... We just talked about that, like, I think two weeks ago. So, I guess she was just in talks. I guess it wasn't confirmed,
1: but... Something else that she was already signed on to could have gotten its production date moved. and
0: Yeah, got a little committed to
1: it. Yeah.
0: Hold on, I think I a visitor.
1: A visitor?
0: Nope. I thought Fury came to say hi.
1: False alarm. False alarm. Finally, from The Hollywood Reporter's Aaron Couch, DC's Wonder Twins movie casts KJ Apa and Isabel May. Uh, the Riverdale in 1883 stars will lead the HBO Max film. Did you...
0: If you, five years ago, we were talking about DC films that's going to come out, would you have ever said they're going to make another Wonder Twins film? No, because I would have...
1: <laughs> similar to what we just talked about... This should be a TV show. Correct. This should not
0: be a movie. <laughs> it would just work better as a as a TV show. And yeah. it, it, it could transition to it, but who knows at this point.
1: I, I just... <laughs> I don't think we need the Wonder Twins. <laughs> nope. This, but this is exactly what they were talking about when they said it's this disjointed kind of thing there's no cohesive direction with DC it's like oh that property will be good let's yeah. put it out there you know and I'm I'm very very glad that this sort of thing hopefully is going away and yeah. going away quick Um,
0: there he is
1: if, if you're watching on YouTube you can see Fury
0: Niklaus Fury Haynes look at him Woke we'll up my he's like,
1: baby. He's like, What's going on? Yeah.
0: He has no idea. He's hardly ever allowed None. in this room, so
1: <laughs> He's looking around seeing what he's missing. Here you go back. Uh but yeah, I, I just absolutely one hundred percent cannot understand. Uh, it's,
0: it's this. Twin, I don't like I'm all for KG Appa. Phenomenal actor Riverdale, you know, the main one of the main stars. <laughs> but <laughs> this came across my my Twitter feed this week, and I said, "Huh, no, nah, did not see that coming
1: whatsoever." And, no, and you <laughs> here know, we are. Not good. <laughs> not good. And you know the thing is, it's an HBO Max film, so maybe it'll be darker, right? Than what what everybody's thinking of with the Wonder Twins, but it's the Wonder Twins, yeah. man. Like if if you're gonna do something like that. I would rather them if they wanted a movie for HBO Max I would rather them have done you know like a do do like a doom patrol movie mhm or titans right. movie right and put it on HBO Max
0: this should have been a guggenheim production like this should have been
1: a part of the CW it should have been left in the 70s where the cartoon was that's <laughs> I just th- there's a place for it. Right. If it's done right, if they introduce the Wonder Twins on a quirkier show like Legends of Tomorrow. Mhm. For an arc. That would even that
0: would even work. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow some way this, it would to work.
1: Yeah. Especially for an arc and not to have them permanently on there. Mm-hmm. But this, I just <laughs> <laughs> I I really don't want to crap on DC, but they make it easy. Yes. And I'm I'm hoping they make that much harder to do as as time goes on. <laughs> um, releases this week, The Northman, in cinemas April twenty second.
0: I will be and... talking, uh, watching it and talking about that next episode.
1: Awesome. And on April the eighteenth, as Tyler already mentioned, HBO Max, we are getting. The Batman. Can't
0: wait. Oh, I'm going to turn out all the lights, turn the surround sound up real loud. It's going to be a fun weekend this weekend coming up. <laughs> uh, video game-wise, Chris, have you been playing anything fun, notable, anything new, anything
1: exciting? I've been grinding the show, man. Um, I'm almost through the first major program. I am so. still stuck in
0: Elk I, I can't get out, man. I... I can't. Like, it's like I think I'm done. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go play something else. And then I'm like, oh, I, I can't. I, I, I can't. Like, it's, it's got such a grip in me. And it's going to be crazy because game of the year this year is going to be nuts. I mean, we're not even in the fall. So, yeah. I need to do my backlog I'm bring the PlayStation down so I can play it more while I'm doing other things. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say online, on live. But, um you have a little more games to play, so but Elden Ring has got me.
1: I will say this, there is a game uh coming out twenty second. If you're a baseball fan, it's called Out of the Park O O T P twenty three. And it is um it's got a lot of tech space, but you have everything. If you if you're just looking for a simulation game mm-hmm on how to run a franchise from top to bottom i mean from your international academies all the way up to your major league roster really um yeah this is this is the game
0: well speaking of uh, baseball how's opening week been for you
1: eh you know yeah. the, the the braves let some games drop yeah. uh that i felt they could win but it's Look, they they won the World Series last year. Ah, so.
0: What do you expect them to do? Come back and do it again, you know, start off great, you know. <laughs> Hands are too heavy with those rings now, I guess.
1: <laughs> have you seen those rings? Huge. <laughs> 755 diamonds. Yeah,
0: just just because, you know. Just
1: because they can do it.
0: Right. Um, Pittsburgh Pirates have been doing okay. I mean, right where you expect our first game we lost uh, to the Cardinals. I think it was six to two. Nothing, you know, nothing abnormal for us. Anyway. Y'all got some
1: good. Yeah, I've got some good pieces though.
0: Yeah, I just. It's an, I every like O'Neal year so. O'Neill Cruz.
1: O'Neill Cruz is he's he's like six foot seven playing shortstop.
0: Why not? He'll catch him. I, <laughs> he doesn't even have to dive. He right, just, <laughs> reach with his arms. The uh, only video game news I've got here is Takashi Dosher is set to write the screenplay for Ghost of Tsushima uh, movie. We're going to Deadline.com by Anthony Del Sandro. Takashi Doshier is set to write the screenplay for Sony Pictures, a PlayStation production film, adaptation, and the later's hugely successful adventure game Ghost of, Sush- Ghost of Tsushima. Which crossed Daisy a massive creatures. milestone. I'll spit it out eventually. <laughs> which passed the mild, mild, massive milestone in January, with more than eight million copies sold since its July 2020 debut. The project is in early development. Uh, the game from Sucker Punch Productions and published by SIE follows Samurai Warrior Jin Sakai, the last surviving member of his clan, who must set aside the traditions that have shaped him as a warrior to wage unconventional war for the freedom of Tsushima. Phenomenal game. If you haven't played it. Yeah, can't wait for this to come out. I want a Horizon Zero Dawn movie at some point as well. Um, actually, that would be one of those ones that'd be better as a TV series. But we'll see what The Last of Us looks like. Uh, noble new releases this week: all I've got is the Star Wars: The Force Unleashed comes to the Switch on April 20th. It's backlog season. Nothing crazy. Like I was even looking at again. I know we talked about last week. I don't have anything really big. Coming out for a hot minute. I mean, I've got uh, two weeks. We got Dune, The Spice Wars for PC, which is like a little simulation game. I might right. get that. So we'll see. Yeah, you
1: know, it 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 really is a good time though to get caught up. Like yes the the trying. major pro the major program I'm trying to get through with in the show I'll probably be done with it maybe tonight certainly by midweek and that's going to give me like a week and a half. Yeah. Um, until the new one drops, so I'll have a week and a half where I might, I might go back into Spider-Man or, yeah. you know, um, I need to, drop back over on Xbox and finish. Tell me why. Mm-hmm. I'm in chap. I'm in chapter two. I think there's three chapters. Yeah, sounds right. So it's,
0: it's backlog. That'd be,
1: that'd be one. If I know you haven't gotten to that one yet.
0: Uh-uh. Is it easily possible?
1: uh yeah okay yeah i mean there there's
0: let yeah. me tell you no pause button elderly. and you're trying to do that when you're supposed to be doing something else
1: you know oh not so. good no not <laughs> good. but you, with you because i've never taken a large chunk of time and sat down and played tell me why mm-hmm. it's usually like a half hour here an hour there you'd probably be able to get through it i don't know maybe two sittings
0: Hey, Siri, set a reminder for 8 a.m. tomorrow to play Tell Me Why this week. Okay. Your reminder is set for tomorrow, 8 a.m. Thank you. So, yeah, start a new work schedule this week as well, 7 to 4, which I'm already up anyways, but I'll have more time in the afternoon to do things. Yeah. Before I, you know, go to bed like a grandpa at 8.30 at night.
1: I get up at 2.50.
0: I get up at eight, you know, two fifty. So,
1: oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Got to get healthy somehow, I guess. Oh uh, like, wow,
1: you're you're going to sleep from eight thirty to like six? Yeah,
0: wow. no, huh? could you imagine just hibernating <laughs> that long? <laughs> oh man, uh, everyone, that has been this week's episode of the podcast. It's been a good one. I mean, a lot of discussion. out uh, let me know below yeah. and let us know on social media. Um, your thoughts, who you think should be the Kevin Feige for the DCEU, if that's even what they call it from here on out. Uh, Also, make sure you watch The Batman, so we just discuss it next week. A lot of things coming up, a lot of things going to be fun. So let's get down in the comments, let us know what you think. But guys, thank you so much for watching this episode of the show. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms, and forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. On social media, you can follow the NerdWide account on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at Ty underscore Haynes. I've been posting a lot about the Grizzlies this week because it is playoff season. Uh, you can follow Chris at and 7 You can follow us on Facebook group at Facebook. You can just go in the search bar and search nerdwide.com. You'll find us there. And that's it for our social media presence. But, guys, as always, this has been this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast. And we can't wait to discuss with you the crazy news that might happen this week, next week. See you, guys.
1: Later, guys.